0: Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I am happy to be here today with J.C. Nylander, Who is part of our uh, leadership team at CICC. She's one of our coach supervisors. We call them leads, our um, relationship-based professional development leads. And she oversees and supports and, you know, kind of links arms with our coaching team and, and walks alongside them so that they can do the supporting work out to those in the field. And today she's here to talk with us about something really important, and it seems like a huge topic, but we'll start and we'll see what we can come up with that would be helpful to our listeners, and it's just the current state of the field of early childhood and where we're at right now today in this point in time, so welcome JC.
1: Yeah, thanks Priscilla. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the past couple years in the field, so we've had the pandemic, we've had um, ongoing social inequities, and a staffing shortage unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, And how has that affected the field and those of us in it? And I kind of organized it by the effect that has occurred in three different areas. So safety, connection and self-efficacy are those three areas. I've kind of categorized those in and they're all overlapping. They're all very connected. Like you can easily see how if you're not feeling safe, you're probably not connected with each other. But um, we'll get we'll get into that here.
0: Nice. Well, let's start with safety. Uh, you know, and what are we seeing as far as safety? Not feeling safe. All of those pieces that you just touched on a little bit in your intro.
1: Yeah. So when I think about safety, I, I think of psychological safety and physical safety. And those pieces of physical safety are, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, were were a little more obvious. That fear of of getting COVID or giving others COVID. It was even different than those of those people who work in offices. Like if you're in, you're in childcare, you're in the thick of that and you're with toddlers that don't know how to wash their hands or wipe their nose. Yeah. So you had that, that physical piece of it. Right. Um, psychological safety. I think of that job security piece, financial security, um, the pressure to, some directors are. or, or in-home providers were feeling, will my center remain open? Can I keep it <laughs> up so mm-hmm. uh, That is a huge threat to our psychological safety. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And those stressors affect how you're able to do your job and care for children in your care. And I actually meet and connect with families and communicate with them and all those pieces. So as we look at that piece, what are some things that come up for you that you know, are, have really been good ways that you've all, that you and our team have helped support professionals in the field manage these things right now?
1: Yeah. So it's actually, the role that we're in, it's, it's really exciting actually to see some of the work and conversations that we've had with professionals in the field. Um, just, you know, we've always been, go-getters and and let's figure out what to do and we've been in a situation this last couple years where we've really had to put that into play Mm -hmm. um but I think our biggest conversations right now have been going back to the basics you know safety is a very basic human need and that applies to all of us children parents educators we're all in that and we've had those basic needs that of safety threatened in some way yeah um so I think another part it's hard for us as educators because we really recognize the importance of other things like um early literacy and messy science outdoor exploration sensory experiences all these things we've learned about and we really want to do those and implement those but I've talked with providers and I'm like we have to go back to those basics are you how are you connecting with this child what is your attachment like are they do they feel safe because you can't implement any of those things unless you have that foundation there. Um, But it feels a lot different. It feels different than what the work we've done before. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And, and disjointed because even you build that connection and then you might have the classroom closed down or you might have to close your family childcare because of a COVID case or somebody's family was exposed and, and then you're pulling away from that connection and that child is, gone or, or comes back to another caregiver in the building because of the movement and the shifting and the necessary, we all know, we are all doing, you know, those staffing patterns.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have a have a little example from a provider that I was working with, um, very similar to that, the child was having a difficult time transitioning into the center. And so we kind of stepped back and we looked at, okay, what's going on here, um, oh, he's coming into a different classroom. He never knows which classroom he's coming into. Yeah. He's right at that age where he's one of the oldest in the classroom or one of the youngest so that he was easy easy to move back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never knew which teacher was going to be in there. And we had to step back and, and take a look at, okay, what can we control here? Yeah. So they started, um, when that child came in, the front desk staff would say, oh, Miss Nancy's in your room today. And the child would go and he would find Miss Nancy's picture on the wall. So he always, it, it was the best they could do, right? Like right. It, it, the the director's like, I, I just never know who's going to be in there until like 7.30 in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a big thing. Like, what can you control? And we'll talk about this in a little bit too, but giving yourself grace, like it might not be the same technique you would have used three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a a really
0: good segue into, you know, the next area of, um, and and just as you were talking about that story, JC, I was thinking about how nice that was for that child, but also for that child's family to be Mm. able to say, oh, that's who my child's teacher is today. So that then at the end of the day, when they pick up, they have that context to kind of have those in the car conversations or on the way home in the bus or whatever your, you know, transportation process is be able to debrief and talk about how that day went and have somebody's name to put with it instead of asking a child, well, who is your teacher today? You know, and they're going to go, I don't know. know." Yeah. Yeah. So how about
1: segueing into the next section of, of, um, connection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Connection. And, And like I mentioned this, I feel like connection is so closely tied to safety. Yes. Um, and, and there's some pieces of connection that are so obvious to us that have been disrupted or broken. So, you know, parents having a, a different drop off, drop off, not being able to go into the site. Yeah. Um, children, I think of like children, child to child, like, where's my friend? Why hasn't he been here for two weeks? Yeah. Teachers being out. Um, hopefully this is becoming less less of a thing, but social distancing was super hard in the field. How teachers asking themselves, how do I connect with this child physically, an infant when we're supposed to social distance? What does that look like? I don't know that we, we have an answer yet even, um, but that absolutely connected uh, or affected our connection. Um, and then a, a, a little less obvious piece of that connection is, um, is how we connect with each other. So when we're stressed, we connect with others in a different way and we need different things from other people. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think of that, that classic saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think of points even in our own work where I've looked around at our team. I'm like, all of our cups are empty. Like who's, yeah. how are we going to fill each other up right now? It's, it's much different. Um, yeah. Just different, different strategies that we're implementing to connect. And so it doesn't feel as natural. Like that was something that came very natural to most of us is how to connect with a child. And now it's, there's some other wrenches thrown in there. Right. That's such a good
0: point. And to help them maintain connection with a peer that, and as you said, you know, when you brought up where's my friend and why aren't they here and "When are they coming back and where's my point person, where's that adult who's my person? Yes. You know, there, we know, in, especially in our work related to inclusion and including children with unique needs, you think about the parents and the calm that they would feel knowing my child's mm-hmm. leadership, my child's caregiver team, they all know what my child needs. And then we say, oh, today it's Miss Nancy. And then that parent goes, Oh my gosh, Miss Nancy, does she know everything she needs to know about my little person in here? Wait, that seems really scary to them. So it is just so when you look at strategies then of trying to help sites who are providing care for young kids to to reconnect and rebuild and maintain in this really new era of how we do that, what have been some helpful tools that you've shared and strategies?
1: Yeah, so the biggest one and it feels very basic but I think it's so important especially now is um perspective taking. So yeah. thinking about that story like you know miss we were, were using miss Nancy as a as an example here, what does it feel like to be that parent who's dropping their kid off with miss Nancy? Do they yeah. know miss Nancy? What has been their their experience with her? What is it like for that child? And what is it like for Miss Nancy? So taking yeah. on all those different perspectives um, can really help change how we approach a situation. And like we're, we're talking about connection, it can change how we connect with that person. So even if if we don't understand why Miss Nancy, let's say she's seems really grumpy in the morning, and and we don't understand why she's like that, we we might say, well, I wonder what's going on for her in the mornings. Is she not a morning person? Is she? Um, struggling with the kids in her classroom what might it be we're going to approach that in a much different way than if we we never took tried to take her perspective right um so I always try to encourage people to perspective take um another big thing that that we've worked on in coaching and I've seen programs implement is being really intentional about communication Mm -hmm. allowing time for those connections um it's not easy to set aside that time. So you kind—that's of, another thing that feels different—is you have to look for those moments to connect. So um, you're stepping into a classroom to to give someone a bathroom break and just kind of saying to yourself, "I'm going to be present here and connect with this teacher that I haven't talked to in a couple of weeks." Um, again, it's 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 that issue of time, and nobody feels like they have time. So what do we have control over? You know, I have to give someone a bathroom break. So I I do have control over how I connect with this person in this moment or this child.
0: Mm -hmm. I have a question as we think about our listeners too, and you know, family child care providers who tend to, you know, really be on their own because they may be the sole staff person in their establishment regularly. And now we've pulled back on parents coming in and out and, and, you know, some of those opportunities where they felt like at least I'm seeing other adults in different parts of my day, you know, help, helping them. Are there things that you, that come to mind where you think that you've seen creativity on the part of some of those folks to, to build in connection or do you, you know, have any suggestions on helping them feel not, not so all alone and isolated during these times with where connection is hard.
1: Yeah. I think um, that piece of professional connections, you know, seeking out like CICC has some um, community coaching groups that come together. So other professionals in the field. Um, I've seen a lot of creativity with communication with parents, increase in sending of pictures. I've, I've heard a comment from one parent. I've never received so many pictures from my child's program <laughs> And they just love it. Yeah. Um, another thing from a leadership standpoint is um, setting aside time. Uh, I, have, I met with one leader and she did 15 minute blocks with staff. And she's like, I used to do like an hour every quarter with each staff. And I don't have the time, but I'm still doing something. Yes. Um, so, Like you said, Priscilla, it's like it's getting creative and, and and giving yourself that grace for what you can do.
0: Yes, definitely. And I'm so glad you mentioned the small group coaching opportunities. And for our listeners out there who are interested in joining a small group coaching, um, you know, they, they we have we have some of them and, and they're all virtual, so it doesn't matter where you are in the state. Mm-hmm. We can, Please contact us at info at inclusivechildcare.org if you're interested in being a part of that. We we have found from um, these groups and from the coaches that facilitate the time together that they have really been an established, committed, you know, kind of when you say, what can we control? I can control that I show up at that group every time. Maybe that's all it is. That's my goal. And then people saying once they were there, they leave with something that's helpful because you're – able to hear others in the field who are experiencing similar things, and you're not alone. And that's huge when you're trying to do this work. Um, So we would love to also hear from you as our listeners, just you know, ways that you've been creative in communicating with families that I think would be really helpful for us. So please reach out. Um, So as we look at that, you know, connection piece, which it segues nicely into self-efficacy, because we as professionals we want to feel like we're we're having a sense of mastery and we're doing our job the way we're supposed to be doing as professionals and in these times it can be really hard to ma- have that sense of i've got this
1: yes oh i th- we've all felt that in some way and and like i talked about in the beginning too just that that understanding of what what do- Young children need uh, that's relatively new. I mean, and in, in our history, it's re- recently come to to shine on um, the importance of the early years and brain development, um, understanding how the how early experiences affect us later in life. Um, I even think of the field of early childhood. It's relatively new compared yeah. to the, even when I was a child. There wasn't the the amount of childcare centers available. Um, so we're learning all these great and amazing things. And then providers have this stress of knowing, okay, this is best practice. This is what a child needs. And then you throw in all these other things that are out of their control and, and we're, they're standing there like, how can I provide quality care with all these variables? Am I I qualified for this? I don't think I learned this. Um, And I, I, even think of our group of coaches and we have all felt that to me included every, every single one of us, we've, we've had conversations of like, are we coaching right? Is this the right way to do it? Because we're approaching programs in a much different place than they've ever been. Yeah. Um. So you can see how all of that would affects our self-efficacy and our, our belief in, can I really do what I'm signing up to do here? Yeah. Because- <laughs> none of us, we want to help children and we want to help them grow. And it's just much different than we've ever experienced. Definitely.
0: We're in a, You know, I think back to the early days of the pandemic and all of your listeners out there, I'm sure you can recall these, you know, all the new health guidelines and expectations that were just flooding, you know, educators brains with, mm. I have to do all these things. And so it was really, normal to expect that the other stuff would get pushed aside because your your energy and your your focus was so much on that health safety piece and we know if we think about abraham maslow's hierarchy of needs you know and you think bottom is just you know that basic need and then there's safety and security up there i think that's the third one or fourth third one maybe I should have thought about that before I brought it up.
1: <laughs> I looked at it a couple of weeks ago, but I don't remember. I know,
0: but it, you know, it talks about how it's, set, it's at the bottom. We'll yes, say that. It's, it's at very the lower bottom. <laughs> but, you know, just even being able to say to yourself, and you've used this word quite a few times, grace, to give yourself the grace to say, what, what, first of all, you said it earlier, what can I control today? What can I really control it and, and have within my power to change? And what can I influence? You know, how can I move things forward in a way that are going to help children be successful and me as the caregiver be successful? But also, what what did I do well? You know, I mean, JC, I think you. I remember when um, you were doing coaching for us before you took the lead position, and I think you still use these. But your smile files, which I yes. really love, yes. and you know those moments, and and I think we all have those things that we've saved. I have a box of cards from when I was teaching and I keep it in my nightstand and, and I go back to it and it's, it's those cards from parents or, you know, drawings from kids. And it just kind of grounds you in remembering, okay, this is, I'm doing okay. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm showing up every day. I'm coming with my goals of safe care, secure surroundings, nurturing support, all those things. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I recently had a conversation with a coach, and her goal—she set a goal for herself—to um, make notes on all of, with all of her coaches of the progress they've made. Because she said things feel very small right now, like their imp- providers are implementing things, and and I can look from the outside and look in just that feeling of defeat that comes sometimes. So her goal was to write those down for providers. So every week when she sends her summary, they can see, oh, yeah, I, I did implement that transition at nap time. And it's a very, like I said, a very tiny thing, but it matters. Yes, <laughs> it, it matters. matters. It matters to the provider, the educator who's there,
0: and it also matters to the kids in their care because it's yeah. going to create that, that sense of, oh, I can do this job. I can, I have the skills and someone noticed that I'm doing it well and that I'm spending time focus on it. That's, I love that. And I think that that's, that's another, you know, when you think about, um, not to do a commercial for coaching, but I'm going to <laughs> our, our coaches, What our coaches can provide to all of you out there spending time with young children, they can be that listening ear, that supportive partner in helping you remember and see what you're doing and how it's Mm -hmm. impacting the children in your care. We get to be that extra set of eyes in the room of the fly on the wall to say, did you notice the smile on that child's face when you turned to look their direction? Those subtle things that as a early childhood educator that you do that matter, as you said, in brain development, in the future, learning skills and, and lifelong learning process of this little person in your care it matters. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Well, you know what, JC, this has been so helpful. I hope that our listeners feel that way because I do think that talking these things through and bringing this to the forefront is really important right now to help folks. We know that there's, there's going to be an end to the, the, this, this pandemic stuff. We know that it's going to look different. We know that we're always going to have this smoldering of something related to it. We get that, but how can we equip those who are providing care with the tools they need to show up every day and love on children? And that's, that's so important.
1: Yeah. Yep. It, it can be a really isolating field. Um, yeah, but the work is so important and the work providers do matter so much. And there's a lot of us that can be of support to that. So yeah. Happy to join today. Nice.
0: Oh, I'm. well, I hope to have you back too, because I, yeah, I know we can talk about other things. Around. Right? I know. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, thank you, JC. Thank yes. you to our listeners. If you have any other questions or you have need for other resources, go to InclusiveChildcare.org. We have podcasts, other podcasts, clearly. Um, and also tip sheets that you can use and download and share with parents on so many topics. We have self-study courses, We have a lot of resources and tools to help you feel like you are getting fed and that your cup is being filled to look back to (laughs) what J.C. had mentioned earlier. Thank you so much for being here, J.C., and thank you to our listeners.
1: Yes, thank you. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.